Hey you! Welcome to the Muzzles Mascara Motherhood Podcast. A podcast for the woman who recognizes that fitness is way more than a dress size or a number on the scale. Who refuses to diminish her uniqueness to fit in and who recognizes that motherhood is her superpower, not the death knell to her body or life goals. I'm your host, I'm Lola Bodeogudipwe, a fitness communicator, coach, wife and mom of two. On every episode of this podcast, you're going to be informed, inspired, and invigorated to take action as we talk about topics ranging from nutrition, mindset, exercise, motherhood, and the ever-changing definitions of beauty. If your goal is to be the healthiest, fittest version of you, who is confident and comfortable in her skin and empowered in all her roles, especially motherhood, you're in the perfect place. Let's do this. Today's episode is one I'm super excited about. I mean, I'm always excited about everything we speak about here on the Muscles Mascara Motherhood podcast. But today is an episode, a topic that is near and dear to my heart, right? And today I'm talking about three practices every mom should incorporate in 2024 to boss motherhood and wellness, right? And I say that in conjunction, right, motherhood and wellness, because motherhood for us who are moms is a role that has been thrust upon us. Um, and it's a role we will have forever and ever and ever all our lives. Right. And so it's a role that is all encompassing and it can be all consuming. And for a lot of us, we lose ourselves in that role. And for good reason. Why? Because that role is mainly driven by love. I know for me, my first child, when I had my first child, I, I did not, I knew intellectually that I would love the child, right? When he was in my belly, I was, yeah, I loved him and all. But you know, when that life, that child is put into your arms at first, the overwhelming feeling of love, even though for some people it comes later because of things like postpartum depression, maybe issues with the childbirth and all. Anyway, there is this love you have for this person outside of yourself that you did not understand or comprehend that you could ever have. And so you have the second one for some people, you have the third one and all alone. And you love this human being so much. You literally would do anything for them. And one of the, any things that we do is put ourselves on the back burner, put our needs, put our wants, put our desires, put our priorities on the back burner. And because it is for love, we justify it, right? I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my family. I am putting them first. And that is fantastic. But I have this guiding principle in my life that I cannot pour from an empty cup. And also a biblical principle that you can only love others as you love yourself. I cannot be the best mom. I cannot be the best mother to my kids, the best wife to my husband, right? The best whatever role I am fulfilling if I am not at my best. But this is one place where a lot of us moms miss it or we catch on when things have become so bad. Maybe somebody falls ill or, um, you know, there's just a breakdown somewhere in everything. And it's like, oh my gosh, I am sacrificing all this for everybody. And this is the end result. So I don't want this to be the reality in 2024, right? So today I'm going to talk about wellness, wellness and three wellness practices that I believe that every mom should be conscious, should be vicious. In fact, about as we go into the new year, right? And trust me, these practices, even though I've been doing all of them basically, but I'm going to be more intentional about them as we go into the year. 
Now, there's this definition of wellness that I love. You know me and definitions. <laughs> I love definitions because they bring clarity. A lot of times we hear words, we hear, we hear phrases that we've heard for so long. We don't, even, we don't really see to think that what does this thing really mean? What is the meaning? And for me, when you understand what something really means, then it brings clarity. And when there's clarity, there can be direction, there can be a plan, and a goal can be achieved, right? So this definition of wellness that I love is the state of being in good health, especially as an actively pursued goal. Wellness is not just being in good health, right? It's not just, oh, my BP is normal, my blood pressure, uh, my blood sugar is normal, oh, I'm fit and health. No, 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 no. It is a state of being in good health, especially when that good health is deliberately pursued. Now, you're thinking, okay, that means good health, right? That means that my numbers are good. The doctor says I'm fine. No, not just that. Because when you talk about wellness, we're actually talking about five aspects of our lives. When people hear wellness, when we hear wellness, that is why I'm particular about definitions, right? We usually just think of our physical bodies. And while that is one aspect, there are four other aspects, major aspects that we also need to think about, right? We need to bring into congruence to ensure that we have overall wellness. So the first one, we've, I touched on it, the physical wellness, right? So you are healthy, you are feeling, your numbers are good and all that. We also have mental wellness, we have the social wellness, we have the emotional wellness, and we have the spiritual wellness. These five aspects, we need to pay attention to them to be able to achieve that life that even though I might not know you personally, I might not know your dreams and aspirations. I know that on a general level, we all have, which is to be happy, which is to be healthy, which is to find joy in every day, every moment of our lives. Yeah. And especially as mothers, we want to be able to exemplify this kind of life because we realize that we are the life that our children are reading. Basically, our lives are the book they are reading, reading that they are taking cues from. Okay, this is how life should be. This is what I should expect, whether for good or bad. So for me personally, right, is just another awakening that look dummy. Everything you are doing, these children are reading, whether they understand what it means right now or not. But the translation is going to come out in their lives because we can only do what we see, right? And our lives are what they are seeing. The way we are living our lives are what they are seeing. So at times I sit to think to myself, I don't want my children to expect life to be stressful, to expect life to be miserable, to expect life to be one continuous struggle after the other. I am not disputing the fact that just as the Bible says that trouble will come, but I want to be able to exemplify the kind of life that that other part, but we will overcome it, right? We will overcome it like, and then we can overcome it with grace. We can overcome it with laughter, with faith, with hope. Do you understand? Like there are stressful situations I've gone through in my life. And I look back. It is when I look back that I realize how stressful they were. Because at that point in time, at every point in time, my faith carries me. Which is, you know, the spiritual part. And we're going to get to it, right? And all that. But when I look back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was such a scary thing that happened. Or I did not realize the implication at that point in time of what could have happened but because uh, i have a spiritual practice i i there's no how i could have realized the implication because that's not what my focus was but anyway i'm jumping ahead of things 
So wellness is the state of being in good health, especially as an actively pursued goal. So the first thing I want to ask you is, are you actively pursuing wellness? Spiritual, physical, emotional, um, social, mental. Are you actively pursuing it? Or it's just something that is like, come see, come see, if it happens. Well, most of us are not even thinking about it. Because again, like I said, when we're thinking about wellness, we're just thinking about the physical part. That means we should exercise now. We should eat right. Yes, but that is a small part of it. Because what is going on in all the other aspects affects the quality of life as much as, you know, the other, you know, aspects and all that, right? And remember again, the angle I'm coming from of the motherhood, two angles, aside from the fact that this is what our children are reading and how our lives pan out is to a large extent, what they will understand as how life should be. Also for ourselves, right? Nobody wants to look back at the age of 70, 80 with regrets, right? And, you know, regretting not doing certain things on all. I don't know about you, but I want each day. And it will be to varying degrees. Some days will be way better than others. Some days will be hard. Some days will be beautiful. Some days will be perfect. Some days will just be full of everything that could go wrong, went wrong. But I want us to end each day. To be able to end each day with a level of, you know, there's a level of calm. There's a level of peace that we don't go below. And these practices, I believe, will help us do that. So the three practices that will help us live out these five states of wellness, right? And and before I go on, I hope even if you don't have a wellness goal, you are now going to have a wellness goal, right? And so I'm sharing these three practices that will help us, you know, achieve whatever our wellness goal is and the five of them the five aspects of wellness will fit into them the first one of course the a fitness practice a fitness practice you realize i'm not talking about i'm not talking about weight loss here i'm not talking about health i'm not talking about um whatever i'm talking about a fitness practice why because weight loss fits under this health fits under this right fitness in general being fit for life physically being fit for our goals, our aspirations. There's this guy, um, I keep forgetting, Stephen Hawkins, right? One of the most brilliant men to ever live, right? He was a um, scientist. I've forgotten what area of science, but he was very, very brilliant, right? He was confined to, I think it was a wheelchair, right? But even then, he did marvelous feats with, like, his mind and all that. Like, he was able to do marvelous things, give us marvelous um, revolutions and realizations and theories that have moved the world forward. But he was confined to a wheelchair. Now, this is not blaming him or saying anything. But um, of course, if he had the choice to be out of that wheelchair, he would be out. He would have been out of it, right? The ability to move around, to do things. A lot of things that he accomplished would have been 10 times easier if he was able to move his body and had the free will of movement the choice of movement so we now who are blessed with the choice of movement and most of us i'm not talking anybody down our IQs are not even anywhere near what his was right but we have the gift of movement and then we have our goals and aspirations we want to be fit and healthy enough to fulfill them not everybody has you know his the kind of um genius he had to be able to sit in one place and still impact the world like that. For a lot of us, <laughs> ordinary headache, malaria, 
this and that we are down and out right and so what i would like us to have a go a practice of a wellness a fitness practice that helps us stay fit and healthy to be able to achieve the goals that we want to achieve i don't know about you but if i stop a toe even my did less toe every other thing becomes less of a priority all my attention my focus my energy goes to that toe that i stop because it is freaking painful right imagine when you are ill maybe you have that flu or the kind of malaria that you know how your body aches the kpi that you have at work or the business goal that you have for that month it becomes very secondary because your body is not fit and healthy enough so while i'm not saying that oh having a fitness practice is what is going to keep away malaria even though it could i'm not saying that i'm just using those as graphic examples for us to understand right that when we are fit and healthy in our bodies we are able to be mentally present also we feel fit we feel healthy your fitness practice also makes you mentally fit it makes you sharp it makes it gives i don't know if you've ever finished an exercise session and your clarity is fantastic for me when people say that me how long do you work out i'm like don't even talk about that because half of the time when i'm working out i'm having idea the idea for this podcast came during while i was working out this podcast topic right while i was working out i am so for me while i am physically moving my body my mind is sharp it is clear Research has also shown that just after exercise, like you have this endorphins, you have this clarity of mind and all that. So a fitness practice benefits the physical and the mental aspects of wellness. So how are you going to be deliberate this year about having a fitness practice? How are you going to be deliberate this year about prioritizing your mental and physical fitness? It's always easier for us when we think about physical fitness, right? Oh, okay, I'll exercise. I'll move my body more. I'll incorporate more movement over the course of the day. I'll go swimming. I'll play tennis and all that. But how about mental fitness? One thing I am going to start doing more of this year is puzzles. Because what you don't train, just like physically, if you don't use it, you lose it. Even mental capacity, if you don't tax it, if you don't use it, you will lose it. So one thing I am committing myself to this year is more puzzles, mental games, just, you know, five minutes in a day, just that mental clarity, using our minds in that way. For those of us who have been out of school for so long, (laughs) right? And all that. That is why, you know, when people start taking courses and stuff, it is so hard because that's why we say adult education is not easy because we've not been using our brains in that way since most of us left uni so mental clarity mental focus a fitness practice physical and mental it really really benefits that the second thing i want us to think about is having a spiritual practice for a lot of us, where I'm speaking from, Nigeria here, Nigerians are very spiritual people. So but that whether that you're Christian or you're Muslim or what, a lot of us have grew up in religious homes. But we grew up in religious homes for a lot of us without our spirituality being personal to us. It was handed down to us. We inherited it. So for a lot of us, we go to church on sunday because that's what we did when we're growing up right we go to the mosque on friday that's what we did we pray five times a day 
we pray we do lent fast ramadan fast this fast and all that and a lot of it is rote but for a lot of us spiritual practices are not personal and there is something about having a relationship with your creator right with something bigger than you that helps us to ground ourselves and gives us a perspective of this life and our roles that are outside of us when we are living life here on earth it is very very easy to become very inner focused because guess what the hunger in my tummy i feel it the amount of money in my account i feel it personally right me being stressed in traffic i feel it personally so a lot of things that happen to us in life are me 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 focused but when we have the spiritual practice prayer meditation taking time out to fast you know these things that we just do to connect to our creator in whatever line you believe in your creator through whatever process it has a way of showing us how we are pieces of a puzzle in a bigger puzzle in a grandmaster plan that helps us to be less self-centered and just try to find out what our purpose is in the general picture helps us to be more tolerant of others helps us to be more empathetic more considerate of others which i really really believe is something that is very lacking in this generation this me 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 generation that promotes oh do you oh me all that that mean how does this fit into wellness it does because being in good health we are not created to be solo creatures we are not we are social animals that's how we are created right even though some of us might be more introspective than others some of us are not as outgoing as others but we are created to be social animals and i believe a spiritual practice grounds us and helps us right and so it helps us also this is where emotion also comes in it helps us to master our emotions when you are pulling from a pool that is bigger than you because we're emotional creatures but again nowadays you know we have been taught that our emotions are everything that matters no being a master of your emotion i believe really really comes from a place of understanding who created you and having a relationship with that being in my case that's god that's jesus right that's what i believe that's what i practice it helps us having something you know when i read the bible and it says love is kind love is patient love is not selfish right love is selfless it gives me a basis for my emotions with my children with my husband right when i read about the fruits of the spirit in the bible that you know love joy peace faithfulness kindness goodness self-control it gives me a basis a linchpin from which i interact with the rest of the world my emotions so a spiritual practice is one that i believe is really really important and you know however that pans out for you it looks different for everybody but i encourage us right and when you do that you will find yourself you know all those anger and snapping at everyone and everything i'm not saying it's not going to happen but to a lesser degree we are more in control right and then the last one a distressing practice ha huh? this one eh? it is needed oh it is needed for everybody i have i practiced this for years and years even before i could put words to it right i've shared how at the end of the day i just have some me time when nobody's talking no mama no babe no nobody no coach nobody is dummy is just dummy for herself 
I usually have that very early in the morning when I wake up. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a morning early riser bird and then at night where it's just bedtime maybe i'm watching usually a comedy and i'm laughing my head off or i'm reading at times i'm just there snacking on something you know at times it's chocolate at times it's a bowl of fruits <laughs> whatever it is just some me time that is my daily distressing time but now this year i am going to be more 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 deliberate of taking myself out on solo dates I love the distressing time with my husband when we are just chilling, doing whatever, hanging with friends, doing whatever. But I am also going to um, just have some more conscious me time, right? I've said this year, I'm going to take maybe every quarter as in take myself to a hotel for like two nights. Just be there and present with me. Be deliberate and conscious about having distressing protocols. Because every level... And like I always say, you know, the stressors are not always bad things. It could be a promotion at work. It could be more activities for the kids, after school activities. It could be, you know, just good things. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing, but it is more on our plates. And so we have to be conscious about distressing, about taking time out to just breathe and and just recenter. It doesn't have to be end of the year retreat all the time. Because if you wait till then, then the power might be too much, right? And so this is where a social, the social wellness comes in. It could also even be emotional wellness also where we get to center ourselves and just think about things. It could also be the physical wellness, even mental wellness, spiritual. In fact, everything comes under here because physical wellness, maybe you're just taking time out to relax your body and just chill. You go out on a spa date and do whatever mental wellness where You are not thinking about work. You're not thinking about the family. You are just there for yourself. And then, of course, we can have the daily practices also. Where, for me, like, at the end of every day, I'm just, like, there on my own, centered, and all that, right? You could have bits and time in your day where you tell your secretary, your PA, I don't want any phone calls. Just hold it for, like, 10 minutes. You practice some breathing, you know, practices. There's this box breathing that is very good. You inhale for five breaths. You exhale for five. Trust me, that simple one, it brings down your stress levels on a physical level. Like if they are measuring your stress levels, it will come down. It centers your heart rate, your breathing, and physically brings down the stress hormones in your body. So you breathe in, counting five mentally in your head, then exhale counting five. You can do that a couple of times and you feel your stress levels come down, especially in traffic. Or in situations where your child is testing you or something is testing you and you don't want to react, right? So these three practices, remember a fitness practice, a spiritual practice, a wellness practice, they cover the five major aspects of wellness, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and social. And remember that a well, wellness is the state of being in good health, especially as an actively, actively you are deliberate about the pursued goals. So I hope you're leaving this podcast encouraged and gingered to set wellness goals as we, you know, we've started this year, set wellness goals. Then these three practices have a plan, a strategy, a strategy that you're going to implement these three practices in a way that is conducive to your lifestyle. I don't want you to do anything. Don't go and now upend and overall your whole life and say, okay, this and this and that, and then it's not going to work. No. For a spiritual practice, it could simply be sitting with your Bible for just 10 minutes in the morning. 
we always think that unless we sit down and read five chapters, it's not worth it. Umba, sitting maybe with your morning coffee or your morning tea, five, um, 10 minutes, just sitting down with God and just speaking and doing whatever. It could be you decide to take a day each week to fast. It could be whatever. Boy, centers. Trust me, we will come out on the other end. Better human beings, better moms and partners and wives and business owners and workers and whatever. And, you know, I can't wait to hear from you on how this will really, really help even as we go into the year. All right, that's it for today. Enjoy this. Please remember to subscribe wherever you listen. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Um, you enjoyed this or you have any thoughts of it on it, do send me a message. Um, take a screenshot, post your story, share this with somebody who you know it will benefit, and I will speak to you on Thursday. Have a super blessed and productive week.